When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by Catanzari Financial Services. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. A couple days after Notre Dame's 24-17 victory over Michigan, we'll be previewing Ball State in a minute, but we're not completely done talking about Michigan and Notre Dame's performance, an outstanding performance defensively, and then just enough offensively in the first half to put Michigan in a, in a pretty difficult spot against a a really good Notre Dame defense. I don't think we're eager to talk about Ball State either. <laughs> there was too much Ball State talk last night. Way from, too from much. TV. Yeah, that was... <laughs> I'm just admitting referring to them as nameless, faceless state <laughs> for the rest of the weekend through the weekend. Um, yeah, since the last podcast, I, I probably spent eight hours going over the game and making... A 2,000 check marks on a notebook. How many minutes have you spent going over Ball State's? Zero. Okay, I'm not even sure I can name a player. You got a preview to do that, Pete. Uh, that's okay. what I'm here for. Yeah. Right, but, uh, you know, I, I think coming out of Michigan, there's a bunch of questions about Wimbush. I thought that he did show some things where he was improved in the RPO game, where he was able to just sort of like, okay, we've got an advantage there. I can throw it to Fink on a line and let him run for nine yards or let him run for three yards. It was not perfect, but it was better. Um, I thought the statistics that came out of when they pressured Shea Patterson or Dylan McCaffrey were off the charts good. Um, if you if you factor in sacks, to if you deduct sack yardage from passing yardage when the quarterbacks were under pressure, they had negative yards per attempt. Um, and I believe that... 30% of pass plays where Notre Dame got pressure ended in a turnover or sack. Uh, those are really, really encouraging numbers for Notre Dame's pass rush in terms of how effective it can be. And then Alohi Gilman with the two pass breakups, the safety position had five all of last year. Um, that was a big step forward as well. So uh, defensively, it looked better after watching the tape and charting everything than it did live, and it looked pretty damn good live. You know that's the worst stat I've ever heard. No interceptions. <laughs> no interceptions is not the same as five pass breakups from a position all year. By the way, did you send these pass rushing statistics to Brian Van Gorder, who I believe noted he did not have any pass rushers on his team? Like, yeah, I was, I was cleaning out my recorder and uh, stumbled across Brian Van Gorder on signing day of 2016 lamenting how they didn't have any pass rushers. I saved the audio recording well, for, later, for future developed. use. They're developed now. They're he developed. wasn't around to, to develop them. Uh, you know, really, a, um, I mean, you talk about Gilman, and, and Brian Kelly talked about him uh, fairly extensively the other day. And I mean, what a difference maker. I mean, he's, he's just, just a football player. Is yeah, the best he, way to he really him. is. And I, and I wrote a thing to, in today's Thursday Thoughts. That, I mean, I, I think you can pretty much pencil down the top three tacklers are going to be Coney, Tranquil, and Gilman, right? I mean, and and you can always say that, of course, about the inside linebackers. But what a what a nice change to see a really active uh, safety up around the line of scrimmage. Jalen Elliott played one of his better games as well. But 
you know, just uh, Gilman is a difference maker in the in the running game and against the pass. I thought the breakup in the end zone, if you look at the replay of that, I mean, it's just he re- he's avoiding the interference and he's reaching around. And it, it, oh, the, that's the, a beautiful play. Right, and the beautiful temptation play. is for your backhand, his right hand, to put that on the guy's back or to pull the jersey or whatever. But he deliberately did not do that. It, it, he really played an outstanding game. He is at the top of the list over years of us wanting to see what the coaches say about a guy. When we don't get oh, to yeah. see it in practice, he everything we were told about Gilman that we didn't see materialized in his first game in a huge game. He comes downhill. Who's the last learning safety to come downhill like that with the instincts and finishing? Because I think we always thought it would be Elijah Shoemate. And uh, Elijah Shoemate, in terms of when he was coming downhill, he was Yes, but the, in, the instincts of Gilman when, uh, <clears throat> getting there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Shoemate, when he arrived, was a contact right, that's player. Just a, but, with Shoemate, it was just a physical yeah, thing. With right. Gilman, it's a combination. There's, a, there's a play where he had a tackle for loss or a stuff in the first half, and they announced, just rewatching on tape, they announced it was Gilman. I'm like, was it Gilman? It was, I was charting where he was, and he was 12 yards back near the snap, and that was, yeah. it was Gilman. Well, it was, yeah. yeah. I think, we, you know, I, I always go back to this, but I, we first saw that in the blue goal game. It's like, okay, that that's what he's capable of doing. We didn't have an opportunity to see that otherwise in the spring. Tim, you wrote a story uh, yesterday or the day before on Elise Mack and the one catch that he had. It was a huge one and maybe a step in the right direction for him. I just think when you talk to Brian Kelly about it, he used to couch everything. When we'd ask a question about Alizé Mack, and he would do the same for Chase Claypool too. Mm-hmm. Just Mack making—I know Mack. I call it. I still count that a drop. I know we've had some things on the board that his hand was touched yeah, and stuff like I mean, that. It was, it's, it's not normal, like it was him in the drop. chest. It wasn't a drop. It wasn't the end of the world drop. I mean, it wasn't. A, it's a competitive catch. You absolutely have to make. Let's put it that way. A senior should make that play. Sure, a senior all Alizé Mack right. was really calling card is supposed to be those things, but. That catch, again, I mean, that catch gets Michigan hanging onto that ball. You know you're getting hit. You don't know you're getting hit twice, but you know you're getting hit. And it was it was huge to set up the second touchdown. But people ask about his blocking. I don't know, because he had Rashawn Gary across from him a couple times when he was in line, and he's not going to do was, great in there was, situation. I think there was yeah. good and bad. Yeah, I mean, and it certainly was bad. Like, the two tight end set is here to stay. There are going to be some three tight end sets where they're getting close because they trust them all. They're able to run it in against Michigan. Now Alex Bars, as Pete mentioned, took out three guys on that run. But the, look, Brock Wright, Brock Wright got Rashawn Gary on that play. Nick Wisher cuts from the backside, and Cole Komet gets his block. They're, you're going to see a lot of it, and Alizé Mack's never going to have 50 catches in a Notre Dame uniform in a season, like I said he would before last year. But if he could just keep making competitive plays, that, that position's well set. Yeah, it's, I mean, the two tight ends set, I, I think is there's still a lot more room for growth there. I mean, there's sort of went through the snaps. I mean, it, it was almost three to one regular, like one back, one tight yep. end versus, you know, the two tight end stuff. He was out for almost a half. Mac though. Yeah. Right. I, yeah that, that'll affect him I a mean, little. I, I asked Brian Kelly about Mac on Tuesday, I think for the reason that I wasn't sure that he played well enough to just, to warrant like, the snap differential between him and Komet okay. or Wisher. You meant in the spring? Or no, I mean in the, in the game. game. It was yeah. that way all last year. He didn't yeah, he, play well he, enough he to warrant the snap yeah. city. So it's like, I, and that's why I'm just sort of curious, like, what's happening with him behind the scenes that, like, okay, you're seeing really good stuff here um, to go out there and play as much as he did? Because I, I had him with 44 snaps in the game, and Komet had 24, which is a pretty big difference. Because um, I, 
I felt like Komet was probably going to be the guy. Yeah, I felt it seems like, like Mac might be. I feel like that was a tough, tall order for Komet as a sophomore first start to handle those guys on the edge too. Could be. I mean, he's and he. he we he, often anoint sophomores. Uh, now I'm not talking about Komet running down the field, but we often anoint sophomores a little too quickly because he's going to be great someday type thing. I, I think that's a rough. That's that's a tough handle sometimes for a guy. It was, and, and and certainly he struggled with that at times. But I mean, who didn't struggle with? Yeah, with, so like with, you know, it wasn't literally. sealed up when Mac was right. there. Alex Pars. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I, Alex Pars didn't struggle that much. Yeah. And then Pete, you asked uh, the other day, and I I, uh, I don't know if you wrote anything about it yet, but I followed up with the, the Jonathan Door question, which which had to be asked because it was the. Uh, uh, three strikes and you're out. The, yeah. The kickoff out of bounds, the late hit, and then, of course, the line drive to the one-yard line. And with, nobody had crossed the 27 or yeah. 28 at least. I, I couldn't. You couldn't No tell. one was in the screen. No, <laughs> the no one was in the screen when the ball was it's caught. It's bad when the screen cuts off around yeah, there. Right. No one's in it. That, yeah. was, that was a question in my mailbag this week about, like, okay, door has to be out, right? And I'm like, ah. Uh, ball stayed. Well, it was before we talked to, to Brian Kelly when I wrote it, and I was like, I don't think so because a lot of it has to do with Yoon and Newsom are leaving. So let's say you you just like shelve door for the rest of the year. Like how is he going to take that? Doesn't that doesn't seem like a good long term maneuver for a guy you're actually really going to need moving forward? Also, it's Ball State, so you have a chance to sort of rebuild his confidence a little bit, and it needs to be you know he needs to obviously improve a lot, uh, but. It just it didn't seem like um, a smart long term move to to go to Yoon and and potentially maybe just lose Door entirely. So he did the same thing. Well, I think Tim makes a really good point about Ball State. You throw Jonathan Door back out there against Ball State because if this was the college football playoff this weekend. I would have a different opinion. Yes, exactly. But Ball State, he can kick the ball sideways. It doesn't matter in this yeah. game. But this is an audition for him. But Jonathan Door was benched last year in week three. Because he could not complete kickoffs against Boston College. It, I, I know this because the Irish A to Z series had me doing Jonathan Dorr, which was an awesome July or June day to sit around and chart his picks. Yeah. But Jonathan Dorr was benched after Boston College last year. Yoon took over basically until November, except for, and this is relevant to this week, Miami of Ohio, where they gave Dorr a couple more chances to kick off again. Now, when Dorr came back, um, he did. He was excellent last year when he came back. His numbers aren't great because he was terrible in September. Yeah. Then he got benched when he came back. So his kickoffs against Stanford were touchback, one-yard line, two-yard line, goal line, four-yard line. It's a pretty big game, the Stanford game last year, right? That was as good as it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, he was outstanding versus, I mean, Miami, he had one bad one, but then he was 3-6-2-1-3. Well, he needs, he, I mean, he's 6-3-200. He needs to drive the damn football through the end zone. So he's capable. I'm saying that if you do that against Stanford... You can get on a little bit of rhythm here and be able to kick off th- yeah. through the next three games. They they should stick with him against Vandy and Ball State as a kicker, unless he's just it completely mental yeah. and can't do it. Well, or, they had or, to shelve him last kicking, year. Yeah, kicking the ball out of bounds. You can't keep shelving him. He's your scholarship guy, as Pete said. He they need him in the future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, and, and they want to keep. Uh, obviously, Justin Hughes' leg right now is very strong, and they want to they want to keep him well rested throughout the year. And you don't want him. I mean, Brian Kelly flat out said, I don't want to use Justin Yoon doing that. Yoon wants to do it, though. I did ask him. I'm sure he does. He said, I'd much rather I'm sure, off. hey, he's, he, physically he's way more prepared than he's been at any point. That's NFL stuff, though, for Yoon. Yeah. Not kicking off doesn't yeah. help here. I mean, it really is. You could, it seems like you could probably throw Yoon out there for three kickoffs a game and not have it really right. affect him Yeah, no, but, but, but the thing is that 
you know, they kick on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday also. That's where you get the cumulative yeah. effect. And, and Yoon is probably, Yoon's mindset is probably, I need to keep working, I need to keep working, yeah. you know, and, he, and they, they probably just need to pull him back a little bit. We are, uh, before we complete this segment, we're going to talk about Ball State. I'm going to force you guys to talk about okay. Ball State. And if that means, can if that means, talk, just, can we just talk about Notre Dame basketball? If that, <laughs> I thought you should say that. Hey, I'd be happy to. Um, you know, uh, they Nordy missed this by year because it could have been Wimbush against Winbush. Anthony Winbush was their best player. In fact, the uh, former the, high school teammate of Sheldon Day, I believe. There you go, 25, uh, 25 career sacks, which is tied for the all-time lead. You pulled that out, but Dr. Bull Peppers last week. You no, pulled that one. no. <laughs> that's that's good though. But Anthony Winbush is not there, so it really comes down to what Ball State can do with quarterback Ryan Neal back, uh, a trio of running backs in Gilbert, Huntley, and Dunner, and then a defense that gave up 41 points per game last year, 5.0 per carry, and 188 yards rushing. I don't know how – I mean, certainly if this was Notre Dame's offense last year, they would sc- they'd score 60. I still yeah, I'm yeah. still not sure the Ball State can hold Notre Dame's offense under 50 this weekend. It might rain. That could play a factor, but that could make a bad defense even worse in the rain. It will be a block in the rain. Yeah, but that's the that will be the impact of the game. I, yeah, it's I think it's a good week for Notre Dame's offensive line to to take a step forward. I talked to Sam Mustafer yes. about that yesterday, and um, yeah, I I think I asked Brian Kelly about this and Kramer and Mustafer. Just like, how do you grade yourself against Michigan when it's the environment, new line, really talented D line, really aggressive defense, and they all seem to indicate like our communication was really good. That was a nice. Nice performance from that regard. Um, our technique needs to be a lot better. This would be a good week to get to work on your technique without the fear of it being like a massive problem if your right hand is placed incorrectly on the defensive tackle's chest um, because you should be able to just move them out of the way anyway. Speaking with just uh, Andy Thorpe from Ball State 24-7 Insider, he did mention, and this is all going to be relatively speaking, of course, that they were so down last year because of ravaged by injuries, and when Ball State is ravaged by injuries, you're in a lot of trouble. Um, he said they played a lot of young defensive I mean, they players. Lost, they lost four. They flat yeah. out lost four offensive linemen yeah, last year. I mean, he said the and off, their quarterback. He basically said it's kind of like the the Michigan game almost where the offense did them no favors whatsoever to the defense. The defense just wore down because of it. Basically, they went the JUCO route a little bit for defensive linemen. He said the linebackers are better now they were young and then the secondary was young so he expects them not to have that terrible neck defense it doesn't really apply to this yeah. game necessarily mm-hmm. but it does apply a little in that you if you're ball state and you get five stops you did a really good job yeah. even though Notre Dame scores 49 points like that's you, you well, they might be able to get some actual force Notre Dame to punt situations so people don't have to pass out when that happens they they could be getting better defensively they're so small and depleted up front that they've switched from a 4-3 to a 3-4 and, and you know losing Winbush didn't help them, but I think their biggest and, and again a lot of this analysis is based upon what they had coming back mm-hmm. and you and they do have a JUCO infusion, but I think their largest defense alignment is like two eighty five. You know, you don't even have somebody stout in the middle yeah. and you're gonna have to go up against Sam Muster first. So I don't see none of us see Ball State's defense really slowing Notre Dame down. A great, as you said, Pete, I mean a great opportunity for the offensive line and boy do the offensive tackles need you know, an, an opponent like this where they're not going to be getting beat around the edge by Winovich and, and, and Gary all day. Score prediction? Uh, Throw one out there. We're not closing with it? Okay, <laughs> not all this right. Time. Okay, <laughs> this <laughs> all right. All right. 
Uh, Notre Dame, 52, Ball State, 9. I have 52-13. You did? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Yes. Really? 52-13. Notre Dame. Because that's uh, <laughs> thanks for clarifying. That's the uh, that's the same number I'm working with. So I, I, I think we're going to actually have an identical score there. I, I don't know how Ball State holds Notre Dame under 50 unless they turn to the. I mean, even if they turn to the backups, if you let if you let Ian Book and and Phil Jerkovic throw the football a little bit, we have quite a few questions on this yeah, on this game will. because of that topic. All right, let's, okay. yeah, it's an interesting. All right, a, we'll uh, get in. We, get, we have a, actually we have a whole bunch of good questions. We'll get into. That but for soon. a Ball State highlight, if you Google Chandler Thompson. Put back dunk, you will see one of the best dunks of all time from a Ball State player. Okay, now who's going to basketball? Yeah. UNLV, 1990. Wow. Yep. Okay. Segment two, burning up the boards, coming up. Catanzarite Financial Services is a safe harbor providing guidance to clients on anything that affects them financially, including retirement planning, asset management, and estate planning. Catanzarite Financial Services also leads retirement planning classes in South Bend and Elkhart, Indiana. Log on to ContangeriFinancialServices.com. Segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider is our questions from readers, starting with J. Ross Medic. A large portion of Brandon Wimbush's passes were 50-50 balls against Michigan. From this small sample size, do you feel he's truly improved? Yeah, I mean, but I don't think it has anything to do with his 50-50 balls. Like, I, I would prefer that he attempt more of those than less. Yeah, you know, I think that's that's where the strength of Notre Dame's receivers and Wimbush's weaknesses sort of are one's maximized and the other's minimized. Um Well there are fifty fifty balls and then there are balls that you just throw up for grabs like the his. one between Boykin and Claypool I don't understand. Yeah, well what, even the first pa- even the first pass. I mean that was uh, that back that, that was that back to rolling right. Yeah, Should have picked, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so I, you know, I chart all the passes for passes of twenty yards or more. He was three of eight for ninety-seven yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Like that's fine. You can you can live with mm-hmm. that. That's almost the literal definition of fifty-fifty. And if Matt catches that pass, I was going to say that was a twenty-yarder, right? That he yeah. would have been four of nine for like a buck twenty. Um, I, but I think where the improvement is is passes behind the line of scrimmage. He was five of six for twenty-four yards and zero to five yards. He was two of two for eighteen with the the crosser to Chase Claypool early in the game. So I, I thought the crossers, the crossing patterns, were the key too. That mm-hmm. you got to deliver those on target. He did both at crucial, both at important times. Um, one of those completions behind the line, he made Mac or Komet dive forward for a catch, which is kind yeah. of like an incomplete pass. But yeah, it's. No, it's he wasn't bouncing the ball over the place. Yeah, I think the biggest improvement though for him is is bounce back ability, and, and and this is something that Chip Long and I talked about in June. That you know, even in practice, if if things weren't going well, he flat out said he'd go in the tank. And I don't think that you know we didn't see that against Michigan. So your bounce back ability gives you more leadership ability. I think that's what's improved. Um, you know, he's still through the. He's still through the screen pass, the one screen pass to Davis that was up yeah. for grabs that Davis didn't make a real great effort at. And they had Hawkins that, that was beat on the deep ball, could have had an interception there, the first play of the game. I mean, I don't, I don't even want to talk about has he improved his accuracy or his throwing because I don't think we really know. But in terms of just maturity and bounce-back ability, that's improved, and that's a big step for him. Yeah, I would say that his body language during the game is maybe a little overwrought sometimes, but was it was a big deal to me. Um, I mean, there was a play where he ran and Gary kind of wiped him up out of bounds and Wimbush hops up, taps him on the back of the helmet, is joking with him. Um, you know, after the first down of the 22-yard run, 
on third and 18, he sort of flips the ball forward and signals first down. He would never do anything like that last year. Um, and it, Mustafer said, like, I, I asked Mustafer, I'm like, am I reading too much into it that this is something that's kind of significant? And he's like, no, you're not at all. Like, we see that, and that, those are those are examples of when we talk about Wimbush's having fun and more relaxed and all that good stuff. Like, those are examples of that that everyone else gets to see. I mean, the biggest improvement for me is just talking to him about his running and how to, what he's motto is whatever it takes against the game like that. But talking to him and Mustafer, like, yeah, look, I know now after last year, third down, put your head down, go get it. Yeah. First down, don't get an extra yard. Get down. First, if it's first down, you're carrying for five yards. You don't have to get six. You don't have to do that over a 13-game slate. Third down, that's it's competitive football. He can't turn it off. He cannot be good if he doesn't run. But you can turn it off a little bit on first down when someone's coming to drill mm-hmm. you. And he did. It's you, you, you can skate out of bounds when you're going for two yards, and then the sticks are nowhere near you. Right. I think he's kind of learned that. That's just, that, I mean, that's maturity and playing experience. That's what you expect from a guy in his second year as a starter. This kind of actually, my answer is going to lead to this question. Statman72, can Andy possibly do anything poorly enough against Ball State to lessen our enthusiasm after the big win over Michigan? True. Or, Brandon Wimbush could look very bad throwing screen passes and standard things, yeah, and I mean very, but yeah, the that, offensive that could tackles be. could you know still have trouble. Uh, first of all, shout out to Statman seventy two. Met him at the Notre Dame Club of LA uh, gathering a couple weeks. ago. You know, I met him randomly in the parking lot last year really? for the USC game. Yeah, that was a strange. Have you met him, Pete? Uh, okay, you're gonna, no. you're gonna have to. Yeah, geez, I'm <laughs> not man out here. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean. Yeah, there are things that can happen, uh, uh, of course, but we don't expect them to, to, to be too negative. And this is where the offensive tackles get their confidence back. The offensive line tenderizes that three-man front and that smaller three-man front, and you, you know you move on to the next one. Yeah, I think a, a hard step back for Wimbush or if they give a punt return for a touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah certainly. Uh, I, Irish dude, seventy-eight. Which freshman do you think will see the field against Ball State? That's a much more difficult question than it, than it, used, it used to be. To be. <laughs> That's um, true. So I mean, I, I, I mean, I personally, I don't know how many will get it. I know which ones that I'm curious to see. Uh, I go Jerkovic, Flemister, Keys, Patterson, Simon. Justin Adamalola. Bo Bauer, Shane Simon, Tariq Bracey, DJ Brown. And Bo Bauer, did he play on special teams last week? It said he, I did, I did not write him I down. I didn't but, see him at yeah. all. But I'm just saying, those are the guys that would get on an offense or defense that did not get any action last week. I would agree with you. Yeah, I mean, those, yeah. Yeah, those are the, I mean, I think we're going to see Jerkovic. I think we're all excited yeah. to see him in, in action. Patterson, uh, the only lineman ready probably for... To get out and play, Probably. I would think so. Seems like the, that's the coaching staff's opinion. That's what, I, yeah, that's just by the I mean, Jeff Quinn. Defense. Jeff Quinn just raved about him uh, so much so that I was able to write an entire story around <laughs> it. He raved about him so much, but Flemister definitely because I know that's a guy that Chip Long likes. He's a power back. He's he tough. Won't. He's like, like he slam was it in, in there. warm up. He was in live warm ups before Michigan. It's like, also a guy. Close. It's also a guy that uh, Brian Polian likes, and I think he's going to be involved in like kick coverage and return at some point. I just don't think you want to try that. I mean, you don't want to put a lot of them out there against Michigan, right? Yeah. Now you have time to put those yeah, guys out there. Yeah, but like in terms of which one, you know, how many will play, this is probably, you know, Lindsey is not ready to be a, a contributor, so this is probably a good game to, to get him in. He's got four. Yeah, you might as well. Lot, right, yeah, he's yeah. got a lot, he's got to get a lot stronger, obviously, and Jakovic's 
going to have to have some young receivers to throw to. Simon plays, Bauer plays. Wilkins, right? You mentioned Keys. You think Wilkins gets uh, in? Well, yeah. Wilkins is sort of on the cut line for me. Right, because right? McKinley's going to play in this game. Yeah. You probably want to get Michael Young a little bit more work. I think right, he only had right. about 10 snaps last week. So, um, I don't know. Yeah, and, and Brian Kelly continues to praise Justin Adamalola. Um, you can empty it pretty he's much. Really, 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 really close. And so, DJ Brown, certainly, Tariq Bracey. I think we were all kind of surprised to hear Noah Boykin was was uh, uh, working with the scout team, but again, you've got the you've got the leeway that if you want to yeah. go ahead and throw them in. So I don't know how many are going to get in. Probably a, a large portion, but there's certain guys that we know that are close to being contributors that that I, I want to see. You know, I guess uh, with M, with. Um... MTA out. What about uh, a guy like Franklin in case he all of a sudden has to, to play against Vanderbilt or Stanford or something when you're losing guys? Is I mean, maybe. Physically, I, I, I don't know. Miami, maybe he could, though. You know? Yeah, I don't know if he's ready to. Like, Who do you save for November? Play. That might be a guy that you save for November just because usually by that time, Lyman can be beaten up. Nord Nordame has had health issues along mm-hmm. the defensive line in November. But he could play this week and then three in no- or two in November. It's not like he's going to, they're not going to use him against right. USC. Right, you know they're saving, they're saving MTA for November. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. He is the call up for November. <laughs> well, although Matuska started against USC a couple of years ago, so oh, you can geez. be that you can be that depleted. Yeah, that's true. By by November. Yeah, that uplifting note. S E Ang fifteen. Do you expect to see the two back set ramp up this week and attempt to get guys like Jafar and Avery and eventually some freshmen much needed game experience against a varsity interior defense. Yeah, I expect to see all the Our stuff they worked on that ne- didn't necessarily make the game plan in the we have to win this singular game versus Michigan to be brought out this week. And then you hope for part of the Vanderbilt game. You hope they can go out and just handle that game not in the same manner as this one, but you hope that you're able to run a lot of your stuff the next two weeks. Yeah, I think Avery Davis is a guy that that Chip Long is Really, he really wants to get him involved and have him make a play. And he made a play last week, but unfortunately, was negated uh, when when LZ Mack moved early. But I, I think Avery. I don't know if it's necessarily two backs, but I think Avery Davis gets accentuated a little bit more to see if they can, you know, build his confidence a little bit. Apparently, he was pretty, uh, pretty uptight, a little bit nervous in his first game in a Notre Dame uniform last week. I don't know that that necessarily showed, but the. The coaches probably know in terms of assignments and, and fulfilling those assignments. I mean, couldn't he be a, at this point now that the Michigan game is gone, the kick returner option too? You can't using your starting running backs the whole year on kick return, right? Yeah, I mean, they may have figured something out <laughs> yeah. with Jafar Armstrong. It was like, okay, he delivered the way that we thought he was, so, so we're was, not going to have him do yeah, kickoff yeah, return point. anymore. He seems that's like a guy point. that would be out there. I think that might have been Sean G, by the way. Reminds me of a skit. Oh. Reading names, S- yeah, S- S- Ang. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> after a CMU Penns fan right. from previous podcasts, I'm just sort of like just a shout out to Sean G. Yeah. I didn't want him to. Uh, uh, next one from Wash Indy. Do you expect to see all three quarterbacks play on Saturday, or will they try to get book as much work as possible in the second half? Yeah, I mean, I think all three play, but you, you, I mean, your first priority has to be in book. Um, yeah, get him right. I mean, and and let him throw. You know, I, I know you, nobody wants to. To bury an opponent or embarrass anyone, well, he'll come in the let first him half. throw. Why wouldn't he? Yeah, you can yeah. do that. He's averaging a touchdown per snap. <laughs> yes. Like, why wouldn't you play him? <laughs> His last 
three snaps have resulted in touchdowns for Notre Dame. This guy's unbelievable. <laughs> if you think about it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. So he's uh, he's productive. He's a productive young man. But I would think he Priority play, first yeah. is book, I think. And then there's there, there should be time for Jakovic to get snaps. Yeah, the next four years and four games this year. I mean, there's, there's no reason to rush Jakovic, but I think this is a game where the coaching staff would like to get him into the game. You know, if that's a series, great. That's fine. That's all it really needs to be. Irish Cavs, and that's C A L V E S. Well, I think I Irish, yeah, it's not uh, Cavaliers. <laughs> uh, while I think Irish fans are pretty pleased with the frontline performance at defensive back, I do have some concerns about the ability to generate depth if we need any more, quote, next men in, unquote, after Crawford's injury. Where do you guys see Bracey? I'm somewhat surprised he participates or as a participant, and Derek Allen and the likelihood of getting on the field against Ball State. Derek Allen, I think in normal circumstances, would be a guy that I would list as a freshman who would play, but they just have so many safeties. Yeah, they like think, seven safeties. And right I, I kind of like Studstill, who got real reps. I think only three or four of them against Michigan, and then Fertitta as well. So I think you're probably going to reward those guys before you go to Allen, but maybe Allen gets in there a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, th- this is what happens when you have a – empty class of cornerbacks in in the sophomore group is you don't have a lot of guys behind your guys so yeah that's a legit concern I, I think they're they're one injury away at cornerback from the defense taking a major major step back if Troy Pride gets hurt Julian Love has to go from his boundary spot to the field spot and Dante Vaughn becomes a starter on the boundary because Vaughn can't move over there and well they say they say Brad he can't, Kelly but, said they, he could, but no yeah, well, but you don't Todd want Light to has there. kind of explained why he can't yeah. and it's <laughs> an actual it wasn't yeah. a word salad but so Bracy really has to get some playing time behind Price. See I told you very quickly. I, didn't I, when was that? When when uh, last week instant analysis. Bracy is is right on the cusp now of course against Ball State. But yeah, one injury away and he'll play and DJ Brown will play. Um, and again, I if you want to go ahead and play Noah Boykin this weekend, you probably could do that, but yeah. he is third among the freshman DBs. They won't play. I guess the thing is, if you're a scout team guy, you probably don't get to play this weekend no matter what. You have to be elevated to be with the varsity to know what they're doing and to not mm-hmm. make that's a fool true. of yourself no, when true. you're yeah. getting signals and signs in from the sidelines. That's so that No matter what, you can't totally empty the bench. Yeah. Go right. fight, win, go Irish. Over, under, and the amount of passes Andy throws in this game. He sets at 20.5. Over. I mean, there's going to be too many plays. Not, yeah, over, not over by a lot. But not, over. not over for Brandon Wimbush, but the other quarterbacks will put him over. Yeah, because I think you want those guys to throw Wimbush and Book, right? You can't just run out there and hand off the whole time. I mean, that's... Book will throw Dracovic. I could see not. Get a pass out there, poor guy. <laughs> not for you, huh? He's got four years. <laughs> um, I mean, look, we all want to see it. Um, this would be a game that it would happen. I mean, when they put Wimbush in against UMass, when he was a freshman, he... Had a what a fifty-yard touchdown yeah. run and overthrew Will Fuller. Um, yeah, that happened. So, but that he was the two, he wasn't the three. Right, right. Um, I think with he's when he's the three, that's like just get just end the game, hand the ball off, but like get into the game, read the Mike linebacker, snap the ball, yeah. execute the play. That's there's value in that. You're too. ruining my mojo watching Sorry. him throw. But. Oh, that's a separate question. I'm sorry, Tim. Yep. Go ahead. BL Cashburn, two questions here. What's the score have to be for Kelly to pull the starters, and will Notre Dame cover the spread? Uh, Notre Dame's in the f- 34. Third, high 30s, 40s. 
I don't know. I don't late know the third answer quarter, this. whatever the yeah, score is, yeah. it'll happen in yeah. the late third right. quarter. Yeah, it'll he you don't take your team off at halftime or anything like that. Yeah. So it's third quarter, somewhere yeah. in the third quarter. Maybe you're up thirty one. Maybe you're up forty one. Yeah. I don't know, but it will be late third quarter. You still have to you know, you can't just You need to protect you, you, Book too a little. You can't take you can take Mustafer and Bars out, but you gotta protect Book a little. You can't just decide that everybody goes out there unless those guys get hit. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you, I mean look, you're you're still establishing your units. We we right. The media and the fans look at it differently than the coaching staff. The coaching staff thinks, "Man, we need a f- obviously, man, we need we need a." F- <laughs> they know what they're talking yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> they want you coming to right. throw. <laughs> they know what's going to happen, and we're speculating. That's no, but I mean, you still want your you want yeah you need you're still working on cohesion. You don't have all that worked out yet. So and it was. You know, like offensively, it was hard to do what you wanted to do last week after the first <laughs> yeah, you might three touchdowns. So they still need to continue to do work. And I, I do they cover the spread of 34 and a half? I say yes. I say yes as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be different if this was like an SEC Week 11 game against uh, Charleston Southern or something. Then maybe you'd be like, let's get the starters out in the second quarter. Right. Great. There's nothing to work on at right. that point. Right. Um, this, is, this is the time of the year is different. Irish eyes, 105, excluding quarterback. If we are watching individual growth from week one to week two, who should we watch, and what specifically about their game should we pay attention to? I think Tim touched on the tackles. Obviously, you have Robert Haynes, who's, I think, playing through injury and cramps. Maybe not injury, but uh, recovering from injury and then playing through cramping. Uh, Liam Eikenberg's first start. I'd like to see... Really more from Kramer, too, now settling in a guard. So those three offensive linemen should completely handle the day. That's, I thought, having watched the game a second time, I thought Kramer did a did lot. Did better than a lot. Yeah, live. I mean, yeah. a lot. Yeah, at guard, man, he is. How in the How did the – I just, man, they wasn't He's not Joe the first Moore. guy to be out there at tackle. No, he, he's not, but he's he needs to be a guard. Yeah, and he's – so I, I think the line should complete – obviously, bars and muster for will, but these guys should completely handle their business. Um Offensively, I don't know what else. Well, for me, for me, Komet, I'd, I'd like to yeah. see Komet get involved in the passing game. A me little too. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for props, for prop, prop, prop bets. bets. Yeah. Uh, and and I thought, and Pete, you mentioned the the play that uh, on uh, Wimbush third and eighteen, Wimbush twenty two yard quarterback draw, where Josh Lug just completely whiffed on uh, Michael Duanfor, and it, it was really a bad play. I thought otherwise. He was pretty active and, and, and pro- proactive in mm-hmm. throwing blocks and pretty aggressive. I'd like to see more of him because I really think I, I, he's 5A on the offensive line and he could make himself 5 if he got a little bit more playing experience. Worlds of ability. I like You look at him. I, I don't know if I would say like he's the best-looking offensive lineman just in terms of like... Bars is now. Yeah, yeah, but Lug is close. Yeah. I mean, Lug looks like he should be a, a junior or a senior, not a retro freshman. Yeah, and I don't know. You know, they have him at guard. A lot of people argue that he should be a tackle. I think that if he, uh, you know, if it's a, if it's a choice between Kramer and, and him at tackle, I would put. I, I think I would put Lug there. Right, but their ta- the tackle situation right now, as is, is set through 2019. Hainsey and Eichenberg are your tackles. Right, so that's why guard is the logical step because left guard opens. Which is right. That, no, I'm glad you said you said that because that's why they're doing what yeah. they're doing. Uh, Jason Adamalola, I would like to see have a productive game yeah, as a point. new guy that's in the kind of in the two mm-hmm. deep. So he should obviously be able to do it against and, these two teams. Uh, for me, it's 
I want to see Micah do Micah do Treadway, the three hundred pounder, because I really think that he the size is something that they really yeah, need yeah. In, in, inside. So. Your guy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Three years ago, we watched him make a play in the Blue Bowl game, and we are hanging on to that athleticism. Yeah. There will be a... The athleticism, his high school film, the athleticism was always there. He had no idea how to play football, but the athleticism was always there. Uh, what do we, we get, We're down to one last question yeah. here. D.A. Dixon, 408. Which of these 2017 games will Ball State most closely resemble? Temple, no. which was a slight, er, uh, slight threat early. Miami of Ohio, which was no threat whatsoever, that's what D.A. Uh, Dixon is saying, or Wake Forest, who threatened late. UMass. I'm, I'm going off script here. This will be like the UMass game. Oh, Although, that's a good but point. But the UMass game through three quarters, because I don't think um, Ball State's going to score at the end of the game to, to put 28 I points on I think UMass was too potent in that game for this one. Yeah. They had uh, Van Gorder's defense with an 83-yard <laughs> touchdown run up the gut in like yeah. the first 12 minutes, right? Untouched? How it'll do you be, go 83 yards untouched? It will be like with UMass, <laughs> but the defense knows what it's doing the whole time. <laughs> <That's>, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that's 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 fair to go yeah. off script. You stay on script, and I will, too. I'm close to Miami of Ohio, uh, except they don't have James Gardner to beat Nick Watkins like a drum for two touchdowns like Miami of Ohio did. So that's But the 52-17, Notre Dame just runs out there and scores points yeah. is what I would They do have Justin with. Hall, but he's small, and I know the insider you spoke with said that there's, there's small receivers, which... And he has pride does and love. Not, yeah, so. does not help at all. I would I would say Miami of Ohio also. Um, not Wake Forest in any way. Wake Forest is is way beyond uh, anything we're talking about here. But yeah, I, I don't. Um, you know, Miami of Ohio had some components offensively that could hurt you, and, and Ball State has some components that can move the football and maybe get in the end zone one or two times. So uh, you're saying I really ruined the first segment. But <laughs> this would have been a good. Segue into our predictions, right? Yeah. It's over. It's yeah. my fault. From now on, your, at your, the end. Your traits are <laughs> well, Attention to detail. Check minus. Well, yeah. we, we know the predictions, and we pretty much know the outcome uh, this weekend. So we'll see if Nordam can make improvements. And uh, so that's it for today. We will, uh, Tim and I will join you uh, on the field pre-Ball State on Saturday. This has been Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by Catanzari Financial Services. Thank you for listening to the Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast. If you enjoy our coverage of Notre Dame football, please consider supporting the podcast with a small donation. Go to irishillustrated.com slash support. Your support will help Irish Illustrated continue to be the leader in coverage of Notre Dame athletics.